0: Um, So we're in Luke 10, and we're going to read from verse 1. Let me pray before we do that. Father, we approach your word today and this time together, reflecting upon it, knowing that by your Holy Spirit that you can speak truth to us, and that you have something on your heart for us today. So we incline our ears and our hearts to you And just ask that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Luke 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Not entirely comforting. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals and greet no one on the road. That sounds a bit rude, but in that era, greetings on the road could take quite a long time. So this was really Jesus' way of saying, no distractions, you're on the mission that I've sent you for. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace, which literally means a godly man, so if a godly man is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for a labourer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, Go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable in that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Cheruzin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works done Um, in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon. Tyre and Sidon were just Gentile cities known for their wickedness. So if the same works had been done in Tyre and Sidon as you've seen, they would have repented long ago sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades." He's finished his little aside monologue back to the disciples. The one who hears you, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons were subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father and no one knows the Son except the Father. (coughs) And, And... Um, who the father is except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, which by now is actually his close 12, he said privately, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. As a church here at Vision, we place value on people going out on the mission of God. From this church, people have been released and sent out both short and long term. We've had uh, Pam Cox and the Lazars sent out longer term to Mozambique, the Fetchners in Thailand. As we've already prayed this morning, we have the Thailand team going out next week and Jim and Jean Hatton going to China and Thailand this coming week. We've sent teams to India, to Mozambique, to Burke, to Thailand, to name a few. But to broaden your thoughts on mission, we have also had people sent out to our regional schools to teach scripture into the political and policy arena, and even to saunas and cafes. (laughs) Of course, we also financially support a number of people who have responded to God's call to go. As I've considered this in the last couple of weeks, the topic of the Great Commission or the mission of God's people is immense and in fact its enormity can be quite overwhelming. But this passage that we've looked at today, it's just one example of many where the Holy Spirit or Jesus sends people out. The scripture is filled with many charges to go in the name of Christ and declare the kingdom. We read um, throughout scripture things like, as you go, make disciples. Walk wisely towards outsiders. Let your speech always be seasoned with salt. Be prepared to give a defence for your hope. And in its broader sense, Freely give as you have freely received. We began our year here at Vision looking at the importance of community, the power of the church gathered, that we are better together, that this is actually where our strength comes from and I would go as far as to say that as followers of Christ, one of the two key guardrails that keeps us on track is community and being in community the other one being scripture so there is absolutely no doubt that we are to live in community as people who gather together and orientate our life around our love and devotion to the lord jesus christ But we are also to be people who live in and amongst society on God's mission. We are not simply to live our life in a Christian bubble. To put it another way, we are both the church gathered and we are the church scattered. So foundational to our understanding of mission is to acknowledge that Father God is a sender. He sent his son, Jesus. He sent us the Holy Spirit. And over 40 times in John's gospel alone, Jesus describes himself as having been sent. And then towards the end of John's gospel there, some of the final things he's saying to his disciples in John 20, 21, he says, as the father sent me, so I send you. So we are sent ones. That is who we are. Being sent ones is not just about what we do. It's actually about who we are in Christ. We are sent ones because our Father is the sender. And in fact, the very heart of mission involves living out who we are as God's people in the authority that he has given us. So today what I want to do is I want to use the passage that we've read just to look at three aspects of living a missional life, of being appointed and sent ones. And if you want a title for this sermon, it is Sent Ones. So point number one, people are sent, not organisations. In Luke, there are two stories quite close together of followers of Jesus being sent out. In Luke 9, you can read the account of the 12 being sent out. And then obviously in Luke 10, the 72. I particularly like the 72 because they are the nameless ones they're not the 12 who um or the 11 that we know go on to change the known world at that time in the early church these 72 are nameless ordinary people like us and i find it amazing there appears to be no interview process they didn't have to submit a cv for their qualifications of why they should be sent hanging out with and being changed by Jesus was enough of a qualification. There is not one example in the New Testament of a person coming to Christ without people. Now, before you go ticking through your brain, yes, Paul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus on his own. But in fact, he didn't come into the fullness of salvation in Jesus Christ until the Holy Spirit sent Ananias to him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, it says, we are ambassadors for Christ. Rep- we represent him. In 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 4, it says, we have been approved by God... To be entrusted with the gospel. How incredible that the king who reigns universally would send flawed people like us to represent him. So Jesus sent out, in this passage we've read, 72 people, not an organization. It's not the role of the church as an organisation to be missional. It is the call of God's people to be missional. We cannot tick the box of going into all the world and proclaiming the gospel and making disciples through a church program or even by making a missions donation. Or those, those things are good. We, as his people, are to recognise that we are the sent ones, that each one of us is sent. I wonder who here likes to receive letters. I mean the real handwritten postage stamp in the letterbox letters. I love to receive proper letters. And um, when I was away at university, Justin and I would write letters to each other, actually most days. It was in the days before Facebook, before mobile phones. Oh, is there such a thing? Yes, there is, girls. Um, Uh, our only other means of communication was through the call box in my residential college going down with a pile of coins and then piling them in and then, you know, getting down to the last 50 cents and going, I'm going to have to say goodbye because I don't want it to cut off. No, you say goodbye. No, you say goodbye. Anyway, I would go down to the um, residential college um, reception area each day to see if there was a letter for me and most days there was. Letter writing has become a much rarer form of communication and yet there is something so much more personal, isn't there, about receiving a handwritten letter in the mailbox that somebody's taken the time to write than there is with um, you know a, a quick tweet or a quick um, Facebook message. There, there is just something more personal about it. I've been receiving a lot of letters and inverted commas in my mailbox recently. Dear resident, we really care about you. You should vote for us because. Um, There is absolutely nothing personal about those letters from my local political party candidates. They are simply propaganda. Propaganda. But listen to how Paul describes the saints in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of the human heart. We are like a handwritten letter from the Lord God Almighty. We are not an organisational, political propaganda flyer. We represent a handwritten letter from the one who wants to draw near to the world. So point one, he appoints people and sends them. The second point is you carry the kingdom. A South African missiologist, do you you know what a missiologist is? Some of you might. A missiologist is a theologian who studies the mission of God's people. So this South African missiologist defined the mission of God's people this way. The mission of God's people is to alert everyone, everywhere, to the universal reign of God through Christ. So the mission of God's people is to alert everyone, everywhere to the universal reign of god through christ the unshakable bedrock of this mission is that we must believe that our god reigns universally in the time that jesus came as the incarnate one the jewish people certainly believed he ruled in the heavenlies Uh, They were less convinced that he ruled on the earth. Their only real experience was the reign and rule of the Roman Empire. And their expectation was that the Messiah would come and that he would overthrow their oppressors and that he would actually establish a kingdom on earth, like an external kingdom. But Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, came to reveal and declare, the kingdom is here because I am here. This is not a kingdom that can be seen, he tells them somewhere else in scripture, or measured externally by the way that you would expect. This is a kingdom from within. His kingdom does not reign from the outside in, but from the inside out. So Jesus sends these 72 people out with this simple instruction heal the sick and say that the kingdom has come near to you. In other words, demonstrate and declare his reign through your life. Demonstrate and declare his reign through your life. A similar description is given when he sends out his 12 disciples in chapter 9. It says he gathered them gave them authority and power over all demons and to cure disease and then sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Under Jewish law, the sender had the ability to authorise a messenger to carry his full legal authority. So when we look at this, we need to look at it in the context of what was understood here the Jewish people understood that a sender could send a messenger out carrying their full legal authority. So when Jesus in Matthew 28, in what we know as the Great Commission, says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, He is actually declaring, as sent ones, as we go, therefore go, because I am giving you the full authority that's being given to me, I am giving to you. As sent ones, we are to carry that full legal authority and to alert everyone, everywhere, to the universal reign of God through Christ. No propaganda, no marketing bells and whistles and impersonal letters in the mailbox. Nothing extra packed in our bags. He tells them not to take anything extra with them on this trip. Don't rely on your own resources. Just ordinary people filled with his Holy Spirit releasing the supernatural power of God and illuminating the gospel with our lives. This is what it means to be a sent one. Peter declared over us last Sunday, you carry God. Within us is the very presence and substance of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we can demonstrate and declare to all we come in contact with that the kingdom has come near to you. Now, I do want to note that it is possible for the kingdom to come near to you and for you to still reject Jesus. There is still a choice that needs to be made in a person's life, even if we might carry the kingdom, even if we might alert them to the rule and reign of Jesus Christ, even if they see and demonstrated signs and wonders, there is still a point at which we each individually need to accept Jesus's lordship, his rule and reign in our life. And this in fact, although it It seems kind of a bit out of um, place, this woe to the repentant cities. He's giving them all these instructions and then he suddenly carries on about these unrepentant cities. But really what he's describing is cities that had seen and heard He's saying to them, you know, if the same things you've seen and heard had happened in these wicked places, they would already have repented and you haven't. So he's actually demonstrating that it is possible for the kingdom of God to come near and for people to still reject him. He makes it clear to his disciples, if those who hear you reject you, they're actually rejecting me. Simply wipe the dust off your feet and keep going But nevertheless, know this, the kingdom has come near to them. They have been given an opportunity. Your mission is to alert, to get their attention, to carry the kingdom near them. Actually, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in their life and also their own submission of their will that actually is when they accept rule and reign of the lord jesus christ in their own life but we are to alert them i find it interesting that when the 72 came back rejoicing they were actually rejoicing a lot in the outcomes of their ministry these demons were cast out i mean like must have been incredible for them to witness that as that the the authority jesus had given them was real it actually worked Um, But it's interesting to actually um, compare what they rejoice in as they come back and what Jesus rejoices in. So they rejoice in the outcome of their ministry. And make no mistake, Jesus and all of heaven rejoice when one person is saved. But look at what Jesus actually rejoices in. It says he rejoices in the Holy Spirit, which literally means thrilled by joy. He was thrilled by joy that the Father had chosen to reveal the coming of his kingdom to little children rather than to the proud, wise and learned. That's what Jesus rejoiced in, was actually the graciousness of the Father in who he chose in those flawed, broken people to represent him. Rather than actually the outcome of their missions trip. I just find, and I think we need to remember that. We often look at the outcome of things. Heaven measures things very differently to us. Jesus tells them, yes, I've given you authority over these things, but rejoice more in what I've done for you than what you've done for me, that you belong to my kingdom. So your mission... Should you choose to accept it as sent ones, is to be aware that you carry the kingdom everywhere that you are appointed and sent. And point number three is in relationship. Jesus instructs these followers not to skip from house to house, but to remain in the same house where they had been welcomed. To be sent ones, to live a missional life, we are to be relational. And we are actually to give room to developing relationships with those to whom we are sent and it's actually one of the things that I love about um, both the trip that Jim and Jean are taking this week and also um, the Thailand mission trip. They're going to places where relationships actually already formed. Um, and I think that really shouldn't be overlooked. I think that's a really important thing. So Jesus actually had a lot of time for the individual. His personal invitation and interaction with people transformed their lives. Think of the many people in the gospel that he connected with, including his own disciples, but the woman at the well, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, Mary Magdalene, the woman caught in adultery, Zacchaeus. And we could just keep going. These individual connections that he had brought transformation into their life that then had a ripple effect because then they kept impacting their communities. When I was at uni was when I became a Christian. Um, I understood fairly early on that one of um, the aspects of my life as a Christian was to proclaim the gospel I belonged to an on-campus Christian group filled with really enthusiastic young people who were very missional in their focus. And in fact, it really did get to the point where if you didn't have a call to the nations, somehow you possibly weren't quite living out the truth of the Great Commission. There was a really strong emphasis on missions. And at the time, I didn't really know the Father well enough to know that when he calls us he calls us in a way that resonates with our heart because really of the way that he's wired us and that in fact his calling in my life would be something that I was passionate about and made me feel alive so without this knowledge I had this absolute paranoid fear that God was going to send me to some mission field in some distant land and I really am a homebody at heart and just I just thought well this if if that's if that's that's what truly living for Jesus is I'll do it but I just it kind of gripped me with fear I even tried witnessing on the streets in Melbourne Melbourne was where I was at university and I mean some people are really good at that I have to say that for me and probably the people I spoke to it was just really awkward (laughs) I, I tried um, but as I reflect back on that time, I realized that the greatest impact that I had for the Lord in carrying the kingdom was actually with the students that I did day-to-day life with. That, in fact, as I oozed this newfound faith in Jesus, um, living life with these people that I was at uni with for four years had a much greater impact than my cold awkward attempts on the burke street mall to engage somebody in conversation i think we often consider missional life and evangelism in the context of that kind of being sent overseas or standing on a street corner publicly proclaiming the gospel and this may be how it is for some people But most of us are called to demonstrate and declare the kingdom where we are to those the Lord opens relationship to us with. And honestly, kingdom transformation usually happens through individuals living life on life with us. If you were to stop and think for a minute, who are the top five people who have shaped your life in God? It's unlikely that they are celebrities and strangers or people that you've read about, although we can certainly get encouragement from people's autobiographies and listening to people speak. But for the most part, the people who will have influenced your life and shaped your life in God are likely to be people that you've done life with, that you live face-to-face with. And this is how the kingdom is spread. For me, one of those top five is the girl that I met on my first day at university as a 17-year-old, 800 kilometres from home. Narelle became one of my deepest and closest friends at university, and it was in relationship with her and through her witness that I felt the kingdom draw near to me. And it was in her lounge room that she led me to Jesus Christ. Sorry. Today we prayed for the the team going to Thailand on mission and for Jim and Jean. And for some of us to be sent ones may involve going on mission away on either short or long-term trips. And I firmly believe that short-term mission trips are something that perhaps we should all seek. It's something that Lord's been speaking to me in my own life. It's not an experience that I've really had. And when I hear people come back from trips, they just have a perspective and an awareness and a revelation of um, Jesus in a way that um, that is new for them and, in fact, often will declare it has had as much of an impact on me as I think I had an impact on the people that we were sent to. And so I, I hear me, short-term mission trips and those sorts of things are a really important part of our Christian walk. But to live as sent ones is to be aware that we are also sent into our communities right where we are to alert everyone everywhere to the universal reign of God through Christ in relationship. Jesus said to his disciples in act 1 acts 1 sorry it sounds like it was a play act 1, act 1 acts 1 be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth a modern translation might might be be my witnesses in Fishwick and in the Canberra region and in the nation of Australia and to the ends of the earth We are to live our life rubbing shoulders with the people in our community, trusting that God in us will rub off more on them than they will on us. Just as Jesus lived in place as the incarnate one, we as his sent ones are called to live in place, face to face and in relationship with those that he brings across our path. So, in conclusion, God sends people. We, as his people, carry the kingdom wherever we go. And in relationships, we are to demonstrate and declare that the kingdom has come near. It's really important to me as a pastor that, as God's people, you and I don't just hear some good information but that we look at how this actually applies to our life. And during the week, um, I felt God um, made me aware just by listening to something of an acrostic that I think actually is really uh, thought-provoking and helpful going on from here about what does it look like to live a missional life. It's not my own. It comes from a church in Sydney. It's one of the things that they use as one of their foundational values But the the acrostic is based on the word bells. So B for bells um, stands for bless at least three people. Now, I want to be clear, when we're living a missional life, we need to remember ourselves in the context of the church gathered and the church scattered. So as we run through these, don't just think about the outward, we also will think about the inward. So these are practices, rhythms that we can put in place in our life as God prompts us, that actually help with that rhythm of being both the church gathered and the church scattered. So, B, bless at least three people in and out of the church. Eat with at least three people. I could nail that in one night. I've got five of them around the table, but I don't think that's what it's talking about. Um, But eat with at least three people. Again, we talked today over communion about the importance of communing over a meal. And actually that it just slows life down enough to develop relationship. So that's E. L, listen to the Holy Spirit. There isn't anything about being sent ones that we can do without him. So we are to be in tune with him. Where should we go, Lord? How, who have you put before me that we are listening to the Holy Spirit? The second L, learn And lean into Christ. If we're to be ambassadors for Jesus, then we cannot represent him well if we do not know him well. So as sent ones, to live a missional life, we need to continually be learning and leaning into Christ. And then the S is sent ones. So again, just remembering this is who we are. It's not what we do It's who we are. We are sent ones. So you may or may not be appointed and sent to Thailand or Mozambique or even Burke, But as sent ones, you do carry the kingdom into workplaces, into places of education, into your gym, into your knitting group or your book club, into your um, boxing class, that everywhere we go that we carry the kingdom, and we are to be aware of that. So my charge to you today is to recognize the areas of influence that God has entrusted to you, and that you would regard yourself as a sent one to those people. Ask yourself what relationships are in your life right now where you are the sent one? Where are you sent to be you, being you, filled with Him and open for business? You might like to stand. Um, as we bring our service to a close today, we will, as is our custom and an important part of what we value here at Vision, we will offer prayer. If you've come today with any need that you would like someone to stand in prayer with you um, on, we have a prayer team who will willingly stand with you and pray with you but as we close our service it really is my hope and prayer that we would this week consider ourselves as sent ones to consider afresh who we are in christ and what it is that we carry i trust that um There will just be a deepening awareness for you and for me in that. So let's pray. Father, as we again just reconsider who we are in you, what it is that we actually carry within us in your kingdom, whose authority it is with which we are sent, we just quieten ourselves before you. and we just ask for just a fresh touch and a fresh revelation, God, of where in our lives you have us right now. And Father, it is our desire to be ones who say yes to you, to be ones who are sent, So we just invite you to stir afresh in our hearts your kingdom purposes, that you would make us more aware, Lord, of where you're moving and where you are sending us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just rest upon us afresh for this coming week, that we would know you more deeply. And I ask, God, that you would just give us courage, that we would be a people who are bold for you. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.